The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. When it comes to vocation and calling, I confess that I have a sort of secret desire that God show me the whole thing from start to finish. So I know where I've been, and I know where I'm going, and I know how to get there. But when I'm being honest with myself, at the beginning of all this, had God shown me what was going to happen across that journey, I would have never started. How about you? Because God's calling is like that. We are taken on a journey we do not anticipate or expect, and good things happen, and bad things happen. Life happens. Today's readings are all about calling. We just heard that humorous reading, I think, from John's Gospel. It's really quite funny. And I can't help but hear there's a lot of sarcasm and a lot of good old-fashioned Jewish irony in the story itself. Nathaniel, whose other name, by the way, is Bartholomew, and this is the only time we hear him speak in all of the gospel narratives. Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, that little dusty place up in by the sea there, really? You know, at least Peter and Andrew were from Bethsaida. That was that was a happening town, right? 
but not Nazareth, apparently. And Jesus says something very curious when he first meets Nathanael. He says, truly, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And I always wonder what he means by that. Does he mean, well, Nathanael wears his heart on his sleeve and says what he's thinking, unlike most people, you know, who are too polite to do that? Or maybe he's just being a little bit sarcastic, you know, kind of tickling Nathaniel under the chin because he knows what he's like and he knows what his biases are. Maybe Philip had told Jesus. We don't know. And then Nathaniel takes it one step further and says, you know, where'd you get to know me? Well, you're sitting over there under the fig tree. And I don't know if Nathaniel's being serious or, or sarcastic when he says, you know, truly, you are the king of Israel. You are the one we've been waiting for. And Jesus is sort of like, really? Really? Just because I saw you under the fig tree? <clears throat> yeah. I think it's meant to be comical. And it's okay to laugh at the gospel. It's okay to laugh even at Jesus, I think, here. There's this kind of repartee between them, and it's cultivating almost immediately a friendship. You've met people like this, you know? The people you fall in love with immediately become your good friends. They are the people who you start to laugh with almost the moment you begin your first conversation. That's a call. It's a calling here to be in relationship. And Nathaniel obviously hears that calling and follows after Jesus. And as I said, Nathaniel doesn't say anything else in the Gospels, really. And maybe this is all that needs to be said. Right here. From the deep tradition in scripture, we have that ancient story about the calling of Samuel, the great prophet. It's a beautifully vivid story, isn't it? Of this child in the temple with his, really his surrogate father, Eli. If you know the story or remember the story, Samuel was given up by his mother at his birth because he was a blessing from God, Hannah, whose song, incidentally, is the basis for Mary's Magnificat in Luke's Gospel. And Samuel was given up to be a Nazarite, a servant in the temple for the rest of his life. That was how grateful Hannah was that God saw her and honored her request to bear a child. And here is Samuel doing his job in a time the author wants us to understand where things were kind of at their lowest ebb. Eli's sons had heavily corrupted the temple tradition and were up to all kinds of mischief. And if you thought that second reading today was racy, their story is even racier, so I'll let you go look it up yourself. And there is this sense in which we are told that the light of God had not yet gone out. In other words, there's still this one thing in the temple to remind us that God is there. We have a descendant of that right up here with our sanctuary candle. Right? Reminder of the presence of God. It burns all the time. And Samuel hears God's voice but doesn't recognize it. There's an old Benedictine tradition that novices are not allowed 
admittance for the first time to the monastery until they knock at the door three times. And I have to wonder if that early Benedictine tradition is rooted somewhere in this story, or maybe it's a deeper root even than that. But God, at this time, has to knock three times before he is allowed in. The fascinating thing is we have this sense that God has plans for Samuel indeed. But that's not what God delivers to Samuel, is it? I'm sure God has good things planned for Samuel. And indeed, if you read the rest of the story, and I commend it to you, it's a wonderful read. There are many good things that Samuel does at God's command. But the first command Samuel gets is to deliver bad news. To Eli. I always feel sorry for Eli. It's hard, isn't it, to discern what God is calling us to, and Samuel is encouraged by Eli to listen and then follow what God says, no matter where it leads. That's the only expectation of faith. And so Samuel does what we are all called to as followers of the divine to put one foot in front of the other to listen and to follow the next step I've spent an awful lot of time in my life doing strategic planning how about you no strategic planning or to put it better if God has a strategic plan he isn't telling anybody <laughs> That's not how calling works. We are invited to listen and then follow. It's worth recounting one other story about calling today. And this I credit to the author John Deere. It reached an apex late Friday night, January 27th, 1956. Fear was at its apex for Martin Luther King Jr. He slumped home, another long strategy session under his belt, and found Coretta asleep. He paced and knocked about, his nerves still on edge, and presently the phone rang. A sneering voice on the other end, leave Montgomery immediately if you have no wish to die. King's fear surged. He hung up the phone, walked to his kitchen, and with trembling hands put on a pot of coffee and sank into a chair at his kitchen table. Here was the prelude to King's most profound spiritual experience, which he describes in his book, Stride Toward Freedom. I was ready to give up. With my cup of coffee sitting untouched before me, I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture without appearing a coward. 
In this state of exhaustion, when my courage had all but gone, I decided to take my problem to God. With my head in my hands, I bowed over the kitchen table and prayed aloud. The words I spoke to God that midnight are still vivid in my memory. I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but now I am afraid. The people are looking to me for leadership, and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I am at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I can't face it alone. At that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never experienced God before. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. Almost at once my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. Three days later, a bomb blasted his house and his family escaped harm by a hair's breadth. Strangely enough, King later wrote, I accepted the word of the bombing calmly. My religious experience a few nights before had given me the strength to face it. Listen, beloved in Christ, for God's calling to you. It will be simple. It will be unexpected. And it may involve just putting one foot in front of the other. But take King's example and Samuel's, and Nathaniel's. When you follow, the world will be changed. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.